right. Well, as we uh, start looking at this message today, I'd encourage you to go online and uh, pull down an outline, maybe follow along. If not, that's fine, but grab a piece of paper. I'm going to have you write down three things that will help you move forward in the new year. And, and I'm wondering how many of you perhaps have uh, made New Year's resolutions. Uh, many people do, and we're three days in, and kind of the question is, have you broken those already? And I hope not, but uh, I know one guy, he just wants to keep his resolutions until February 17th, because that happens to start Lent, and he wants to give his resolutions up for Lent. So he's got a low set bar there for his goal, and I know another guy says, I have no resolutions, I find no need for such. I got a set from last year that hasn't been touched. But then I know another guy just wanted to make sure that he could keep his resolution, so he set the bar really low. He said he's going to gain weight this year, at least 20 pounds. He said he's going to stop exercising, he's going to read less, watch more TV, and he won't procrastinate. And then he crossed that off and said, well, I'll start that one in 2022. But you know, 2020 was a year that uh, I don't think we'll ever forget. And hopefully, though, you've been worshiping with us online through this whole process. And we've had an opportunity for us to uh, uh, kind of get together online uh, through the whole pandemic. And more recently, we've covered a lot of ground by looking at refocusing on who we are and what we do and why we do it. We looked at our values. We looked at our influence. And we looked at our affluence. And then, of course, we move forward here into the Advent season. And what a great time of the year where we get to focus in and look for the coming birth of Jesus Christ. And we had a great sermon series. Hopefully you watch it or you can go back and see it again, Home for Christmas. And we looked at this hope that's restored because of the birth of Jesus. And we looked at a peace delivered by the Prince of Peace. And then we looked at a joy that we can experience with a love freely given. And then last week, by the thousands, we gathered online for an incredible Christmas experience, worshiping God in our lives, the long-awaited Messiah, the birth of our Savior, the promised one. And now as that tree comes down, as the decorations and the lights get put away and the credit card bills start to come in, although a side note, the way the mail's been working, they won't come in until they're overdue, but that's beside the point. But see, it's our time to now get a fresh start in this new year. And the question is, why do we think that we should be making these New Year's resolutions all the time? Every January 1st, why do we feel this need to do that? Well, I think it's because if we're honest with ourselves, we know that there are changes that need to be made. And these so-called resolutions come along. And we can take a look and figure out what are our problems, what are our issues, how do we have God-centered priorities? And they really, basically at this time of the year, help us invest. Invest what? Our time, our energy, our money, our talents in the new year. And so we have an opportunity every new year to be a great time. The reset button, the delete button, to focus on the new year, but very importantly that we focus on the new me. Who is God trying to create? How is he tweaking me? and being able to figure out what he wants us to do, knowing that it's all through this same loving God. And it really is a reminder of time. We turn the calendar. We know that it's a new year. And every minute, every second we have is truly a gift from God. 
I saw a little piece once, and, and it struck with me about the value of time. It says, if you want to realize the value of a month, ask a mother who gave birth prematurely. To realize the value of a week, ask someone who just came back from a week-long cruise away from all the hustle and bustle. To realize the value of an hour, ask someone who forgot to change their clock last fall. Realize the value of a minute. Ask the person who just missed the boarding of the airplane they were trying to catch. To realize the value of a second. Ask the person who just missed getting hit by someone in a terrible car accident. And to realize the value of a millisecond, ask the person who won the silver medal in the Olympics. So maybe prioritizing your time is an area for you to work on in this coming year. But it's always a time for us to look at what are our priorities and are they in sync with God. So we look back to 2020, we learn from our mistakes and our experiences, but that's gone. Now God gives us a new day and he wants us to focus on being the new me. And there's a section that I want us to focus in on today. It's in Ephesians 4. You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And here it is, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, it's a process. And the first thing we do is we assess what's our issue, what's our biggest issue. And it's easy for me to answer for all of you because we have the same biggest issue. It's our sinful nature. And so we make progress by starting by admitting, confessing our sin, owning those sinful thoughts and words and deeds, admitting that we fall short, that we miss the mark, and that we're not what God wants us to be. And we confess it, and, and we repent. We ask God to help us turn away from those evil things that we do. And then the glory of the gospel comes, because God in his mercy and for the sake of Jesus' death on the cross hits the reset button. The sin is gone as far as the east is from the west. And that, my friends, is the reason why Jesus came on that Christmas morning. See, God came to hit the reset button for your transformation. Take that personally. He hit the reset button for your transformation. He sent his son to be your Messiah. Now, on Christmas week, we all love to look at the section in Luke 2. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Take that personally. He's the Messiah, the Lord. He's the Christmas child, the long-awaited Savior. And he came to hit the reset button so that God looks at you through special glasses. Now think about it. On the cross, he procured glasses. And when God looks at you through the glasses of the cross, he sees you different. He sees you as you were meant to be. God sees you as forgiven, as child of God, as sinless kind of a funny story about an eight-year-old girl. She had the most disappointing Christmas you could have. She did not get the gift she wanted. She was in the other room with her brother arguing, and mom walked in and blamed her for the argument. She got mad, and she kicked the cat. Next thing you know, she's in bed early that night. Well, she's saying her nighttime prayers, and she always ended with the Lord's Prayer, and she said it a little differently this year. She said, and forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us kind of true, isn't it? It's kind of easy to let the issues of life 
cause us to lose focus on what that babe in the manger was all about. As in life, we go from jingle bells to juggling bills and issues. But unfortunately, because of sin, it's not a one-time thing. We keep sinning over and over. And Jesus' death on the cross keeps hitting that reset button through our faith in him until Jesus comes one last time to take us to a place where there is no sin. But in the meantime, in the meantime here, we need to change direction. We need to be transformed by the power of God's word to be the new me, the new creation, the new self. And the question is, how do we do all of that? Well, first of all, I want to ask you to do something that's going to seem odd. I want you to feel for your pulse. Go ahead and try it. I had a hard time finding mine, to be honest. My wife had to kind of point it out to me. But you know, the pulse, uh, by the definition, is a rhythmical throbbing of arteries produced by regular contractions of the heart, especially as palpitated in the wrist or the neck. And yeah, 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 who cares about all those fancy words? But in layman's terms, it's the rhythm of your heart. And the rhythm of a heart of my age person should be about 70 beats per minute. And a lot can be told by checking the rhythm of my heart. My wife went on a mission trip up to Alaska in the year 2000, and uh, while she was there, her heart got out of rhythm. Uh, she went into what's called atrial fibrillation, and instead of her heart being 50 or 60 or 70, it was 160, 170, and I keep trying to convince her it was just that she missed me so much, but the doctors didn't think so, so they had to get those paddles out, you know, they had to reset her rhythm to get it back to where it was supposed to be. Maybe in your year 2021, you need to focus on your physical health. Maybe you need to focus on this temple that God has given you. Maybe more exercise or a better diet or quit smoking or less stress, more sleep. All good things to do to keep your physical heart in rhythm. There was a little three-year-old boy, and in him and his grandma were looking at this model of a heart, and it came apart, and they could look at the different chambers and the arteries, and grandma taught about it, and then was putting it back together, and the little three-year-old, wait, 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 grandma, you didn't show me where the love is. Because we associate that with our heart, don't we? Our emotions, our love, our spiritual health. So how is your spiritual health? Is it in sync with the Lord's? Is he in working in your life? And again, New Year's a great time for us to check that spiritual pulse because God wants you to do that. He wants you to examine yourself regularly to become the new me that we're supposed to be each and every day. 2 Corinthians says to do that, to examine yourselves, to see whether you're in faith, to test yourselves. And just as your physical heart rate is affected by habits and by actions, so is your spiritual pulse. So what I want us to do here is to take a look at Jesus. And he's walking the earth, and let's look at his spiritual pulse and see if we can glean anything from it. The first question is, how was Jesus' spiritual pulse? Well, we know that he was consistent, right? We know that he's the same loving God always. We know that from Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And we know that he had perfect harmony with his Father. John 10.30 says that I and the Father are one. So how did he do that? Maybe it would help us to figure out how to live a better 2021. Well, I think there's three major areas 
The first one is we know that Jesus prayed to the Father often. Now, this is hard for me to comprehend. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man, becomes a human and walks the earth, and he's praying to God the Father. And as confusing that is, we see it's a regular part of his life. Mark tells us in chapter 1 that very early in the morning, his top priority, it's still dark, he got up, went off from the house to a solitary place where he prayed. Praying was important to Jesus to keep his spiritual pulse where it should be. And we also know he prayed in those toughest moments of his life. In Luke 22, at the other end of Jesus' earthly life, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. And yet, listen, yet not my will, your will be done, Lord. So prayer was a very big part of Jesus' life. Well, we also know that Jesus studied and knew Scripture. We knew that, and we can see that Jesus knew Scripture well. And again, how do we know that? Well, think about it. 12 years old. Think back to where you were at 12 years old. And what's Jesus doing? Well, in Luke 2, they couldn't find him, went back to Jerusalem to look for him, and after three days, well, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Everyone heard him was amazed at his understanding, his answers. And again, you may say, well, that's okay for Jesus. Why was that important for him to know what God's word says? Well, when he was in the wilderness being tempted, what did he do? Get out of his fist and start beating the devil up in a physical fight or something? No. What did he do? He quoted scripture, and he won. The devil put his tail between his legs and hightailed it out of there. So to stay spiritually healthy and have a good spiritual pulse, we see that Jesus prayed, that he knew God's word. And number three, we see that Jesus had fellowship. He had community with his disciples. How important this is. We read in Luke chapter 6, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, spent the night praying to God, and here it is, when morning came, he called his disciples to him. He chose 12 of them who he designated as apostles, church leaders, so to speak. They were his family. They spent three years together, eating and sleeping and teaching and healing and praying and having fellowship. So we answer the question, how did Jesus stay spiritually healthy? Well, he stayed healthy by praying to the Father regularly. He studied scripture and understood it and applied it. And he had fellowship and community. So maybe for us, as we look forward to this new year, this new me that God's creating, Maybe we use the same three illustrations. But first of all, I want to think for a minute. Is it smart to go and talk to your doctor? I think we'd all nod and say, yeah, we should get examined normally uh, with a regular schedule, let them know of our concerns, get advice for healthy living. But how does that work in our spiritual lives? Well, with our physical health, many of us brag, well, our doctor is world-renowned. And after six phone calls, an hour and a half in the waiting room, you might get five minutes to talk to this person who you admire so. And you think about your spiritual doctor, world-renowned because he created the world. And he's on call for you personally, even makes house calls for you. Never going to get an answering machine, the real deal waiting for you 
So the question for you to think about is, what new me adjustments, what do I need to do differently to make this new year a time where it's the new me? Every one of us has the same opportunity. You know, we can talk to God each and every day. We can communicate with him at any time we need. He's the ever constant, never changing, always the same, loving God. And he wants you to pray, not just during meals. He wants you to pray all the time. Think about this section in 1 Thessalonians. Be joyful when? Always. Pray when? Continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. So pray often and especially in those tough moments when you're anxious, when you're stressed out. And every person that's watching and praying and worshiping with us today has gone through that in 2020 at some point. And yet God's word is so sweet. He simply says, don't be anxious about anything. In everything, with prayer, petition, thanksgiving, present those requests to God. So I challenge you to think about what adjustments should you be making this year to your prayer life? What do you need to do to get that heartbeat in rhythm with the Lord? Now again, maybe you have an outline in front of you. If you have a piece of paper and a pencil, write down the words, in my prayer life I will. Now set a goal. I don't want to call it a resolution between you and God. Lord, here's what I am going to do so that I can stay in sync with you, so that I know you as my Lord, so that I can trust you with what I do. Now, when your physical heart is not beating right, what do you do? Well, you get some books, you go YouTube and Google and download and do all kinds of stuff to get the next steps. So what do you do spiritually? Well, you see, there's this book, and if you don't have one, see me and I'll give you one. It's called the Bible. It's the handbook for us. It's God's love and our sin. It's what he did for us and our response to him. It's his plan, his love, his purpose. It's examples of lives changed. It's promises of spiritual health through this all-loving, never-changing God. So make plans for this year. Set a time to regularly get involved in reading God's word and meditating God's word. Now, I think you bought the let's pray often. A lot of people kind of push back and say, what's the value of reading God's word? Well, 2 Timothy tells us what that value is. From infancy, you've known the holy scriptures which are able to do this. Make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The scriptures God breathed, and here it is, useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and changing in righteous, training in righteousness, so that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Sounds like pretty good formula, doesn't it? Sounds like some good medicine for us. So in that second line there, what I'd have you do is write down, in my time with God's word, I will make a plan Make a commitment. Make it a regular activity in your life. Maybe every morning for 10 minutes you're going to read the Bible. Maybe every night before bed you're going to process the day by reading the Bible. Maybe you're going to get a devotional book. If you're struggling, call me, see me. I will get you materials to make that work. What's the new me plan for you in reading God's Word? And then finally, we stay spiritually healthy through relationships, through community with other Christians. 
You know, we're told very clear in Hebrews, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, there are sections of Scripture that I think we all find as favorites. One of mine is I just kind of, I want to just close my eyes and focus in on what the early church was like in Acts 2. So maybe just close your eyes and listen and envision being in this community of worshipers found in Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The believers were together. They had everything in common. It says that they sold their property and possessions. Why? To give anyone who had need. Every day they met together in the temple courts broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Wow, how's that for having a Christian community around you? Now, I know life's upside down right now. We got a pandemic. We got social distancing. But what changes does God want you to make in your worship time, in your fellowship with Christian time? And, and it doesn't just stop because of a pandemic. Are you in a virtual small group? Do you call, Zoom, talk to brothers and sisters regularly to encourage and support and build up? Are you in Bible study? You can virtually be part of Ken Brown's Monday Night Word. It's going to start January 11th, 7 o'clock. Sign up and be part of that. Do you want to join Royal Redeemer's community or even refresh what we believe? Life with God's going to start online. You can connect Zooming with other people January 26th. And here's the cool part as this is playing out. January 17th, we're going to start a new sermon series, and it's called Be the Church. Wherever you are, we are the church. So go to Roy Red and, and, and look up and find those opportunities. But for right now, in the third line on the outline or on your piece of paper, in my church community, I will. What are you going to sign up for? What are you going to do to be the church? Now, those were th three things that identified that Jesus felt important to stay in sync with his Father. And I think we need to do those things, but I think God's probably nudging you to make some other new me changes in the new year because of his love for you. Maybe God is challenging you to care someone for someone in his name. Maybe be part of a volunteer organization. Maybe to help at the food bank or... Meals on Wheels, or Stephen Ministry, or Building Hope in the City, or Night to Shine. Maybe God's nudging you personally, saying, get involved in that. Or maybe God's calling you to visit someone uh, that it's safe to visit, or to call someone. Maybe they're in a hospital or a nursing home, and they are lonely. Maybe it's a lonely neighbor. You can go by the window and wave and smile and call them on the phone and talk to them. Maybe it's writing to someone in prison to remind them that God loves them. Or maybe he's challenging you to address one of those lifestyle issues. And you know what I'm talking about, the ones that have made your life unmanageable. Maybe alcohol or pride or sexuality or grief. Life hurts, God heals. Every Tuesday night, we'll help you work through those. Maybe God's challenged you to increase your monetary donations. Maybe he wants you to give more to God's church or to some special ministry or Christian charity that's out there. 
Maybe he's challenged you to make peace in that family situation. And now you're going, oh, I don't want to listen to you now, Dave. We don't want nothing to do with that. Yeah, God wants you to do that. He wants you to fix that situation that's gone downhill and is just so uncomfortable. Maybe he wants you to remain faithful and lean on him while you face a thorn in the flesh. So what do I mean by that? Maybe a physical ailment like cancer. Maybe collateral damages from COVID. Maybe grieving the loss of a loved one or loss of a job or a divorce or being a single parent. Or maybe he's just challenging you to invite somebody to experience the quality life Jesus offers. Even though they keep turning you down and maybe even laughing at you, are you saying that God might nudge you to offer one more time? You never know. So ask yourself these questions and figure out what's God's purpose for me in 2021. You see, in this new year, we always should be asking, how is God making me new? How is he transforming me? And that always happens through this same unconditionally loving God. Figure it out, hit the reset button, take the next steps, and I guarantee you will have a very blessed 2021. Now, a few action steps that might summarize what I just talked about. Number one, in the new year, you got to hit the reset button from the past. Everything stays in 2020. You step forward, and every new day, every new minute is a gift of God. Learn, experience, take care of, but now we're moving forward into a new year. And in this new year, got to make some adjustments because God wants to transform and make a new me, a new you in your life. So figure out what those adjustments you need to make. And then finally, in this new year, spend time with your loving God. It might be more prayer time. It may be scripture and Bible study and devotion time. It might be community, serving. I don't know. You know, because God's nudging you to do that. Amen. Lord, uh, just thank you. Thank you for seeing us through a really tough 2020. And yet in the midst of all those storms we faced, you were ever-present. You were there with us. But now lead us into 2021. Help us to be men and women of God, men and women of integrity. Help us to know you as Lord and Savior, and then live our lives accordingly. Lord, bind up, boot out Satan, evil, harm, and then fill us with more of your Holy Spirit. Amen.